The antidote. 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 You're listening to the antidote with Dave Hawkins. With Christian music that doesn't suck. Yeah. 
I'm Dave Hawkins, and you've tuned into The Antidote. You know, there's those times where you open your email and you get a surprise. And <laughs> I mean, a happy surprise, not like the junk mail that promises that you'll be the happy recipient of $14 million if they can just have access to your bank account. No, this time it was legit when I got a message about a new and upcoming band called Mirrors. I'll be honest, I didn't really know what to expect. Then I heard the new album. It blew me away. I couldn't get over how great Mir's self-titled debut is. You just heard one example with the song In Rhythm. I also love that the band gives a solid presentation of their faith without sounding like every other band in the music scene. Anyway, I guess I should stop talking so you can hear what Mir's had to say during their talk with The Antidote. Enjoy. The Antidote meets with Hillary and Jake Owen, the husband and wife duo known as Mirrors. Thanks for joining The Antidote. Hey, thank you. Good to be here. We're glad to be here. Yes. Mirrors has just released your debut self-titled album, but with what you've produced, it's obvious that the two of you must have quite a music background. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. I grew up since a little kid doing little things, little songs and stuff like that, like in the church choir and and musical theater too. Yeah, she's got a big musical theater background. Uh, and for me, I've been sort of a part of, yeah, multiple bands throughout the years. And I've done other projects and uh, other sort of, I did a very uh, embarrassing pop record. <laughs> oh. <laughs> You're going to bring that up Yeah, you know, but uh, yeah, so, you know, and and been a part of a lot of organizations and, um, and actually now for the last 12 years or so, I've, I've been doing music at, uh, at a church. Um, So music is a real big part of, of our story and continues to be. And yeah, so it's, it's definitely a part of us for sure. Then what about telling us who came up with the idea of mirrors? Uh, Mirrors kind of started in a very slow and a uh, very kind of organic way. We, uh, like I said, we've been doing music for a long time, mm-hmm. and we've been married now for uh, for almost seven years. Mm-hmm. Um, and then about five years or so ago, we, you know, we were a young married couple, and people knew us as musicians. I think the natural thing for people to say to us was, you know, hey, you guys should do music together or hey I can see you guys doing music together and to be honest with you mm-hmm. I, I think at the beginning we we didn't really think much of it it just kind of seemed like the natural thing that people would say you know a young married couple that does music like people would naturally <clears throat> say oh yeah that seems like a good fit but yeah after a few years of that we uh we really started to consider it and in 2016 we had a real sort of intense and kind of lengthy conversation over months and months about doing this um and that's sort of how it began. So it was sort mm-hmm. of, like I said, a real kind of slow and, and organic mm-hmm. way to begin. Even beyond that point, beyond 2016, we had pieces of music separately. And so as time went on, we found that our pieces started fitting together. And it was pretty amazing how it all worked out. Yeah. Every song just kind of started fitting together. Well, fitting together, you fit a lot of pieces together because I find most bands begin with an EP, but not Mirrors. Your self-titled <laughs> is 13 tracks, an hour-long album. I mean, so this was all just bottled up inside of you. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I think that's the thing is, you know, as artists and musicians sort of at our core, there's always like a new idea and we're always writing things down or mm-hmm. or ideas are naturally coming out. It wasn't like we were waiting for a project to start writing. Like we had years and years worth of, Mm -hmm. of stuff like, and not like full complete things, but Mm -hmm. like little ideas and little bits and pieces. Once we started the project, I mean, we didn't set out to make a full, you know, 13 song record. We just sort of set out to put the songs together that we thought needed to be put together. And it resulted in, in the 13 that we came up with. And, Mm -hmm. and it was, it was interesting because as we were putting songs together, you know, it was sort of like, we had 10 songs and it didn't feel complete because there was something else that we thought was missing. And then we had 11 songs and then 12 songs. And and once we got the 13 that we ended up with, it was very much like a, just like a piece of like, Oh yeah, it feels like we're done. We have everything that we need uh, or we felt like we needed to say laid out here. And so, yeah, it just kind of like, even that kind of came together in in a real sort of interesting and again, organic kind of way. 
Yeah. Yeah, it is definitely a long record, though. What about your songwriting process? Like, do you actually have a formula? Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Not at all. Yeah, and it's, I think we, we <clears throat> both, like, approach it so differently. Yeah. For me, I don't read music. I don't have a natural or, you know, a skill for playing any instruments. So I had to kind of learn a different language when it came to communicating my ideas or what I was hearing in my head. Where we're like, all right, well, how are we going to make this work? And how I had my pieces, it'd be kind of like a spontaneous thing. I'd be in my car driving and I would hear something in my head or I'd think of something and I would record it on my little voice memos on my phone. <laughs> if anybody got a hold of my phone and heard all these voice memos, it'd be pretty embarrassing. There'd be some solid blackmail in there. <laughs> but that was my main way of doing it is just recording voice memos. And some of them, um, I would listen to them back and I'd never want to hear them again. <laughs> <laughs> and even some of those that even embarrassed me in the moment, I would show Jake and it became something. And he'd be like, oh, my gosh, well, yeah. that, I needed a verse or I needed a chorus and this is it. Yeah, she'll write the the melody and almost like the whole thing just sort of in all the lyrics at once in one moment. And I'm like almost the exact opposite. Uh, I'm like a start with the music and a melody kind of person, and then I'll backfill um, from there. So like to me, it's all about just like the way that the song feels emotionally. Like I said, I'm kind of writing parts and singing nonsense on top of it. Mm -hmm. um, and actually, what's funny is like even to the point of we recorded our album. And got nearly to the end before we even had finished lyrics for a lot of the stuff just because of the way that I write music. It's sort of like, yeah, this feels emotionally good, but I have no idea what I'm trying to say yet. And yeah. so uh, it's sort of, like I said, the exact opposite of, of her. And then, and then when it comes to like the ideas that she came with, you know, I would hear her melody and her song and then trying to sort of create a music bed underneath it that, mm -hmm. that emotionally matched or moved with what she was doing um, mm -hmm. was really actually kind of fun and it was and really, really fun. You know, it's an interesting process. We mm -hmm. uh, we I think we learned a lot together oh, yeah. doing this because, it, like I said, it was the first time that we'd ever come together to write music together. So it was yeah, yeah. it was it was pretty cool, but um, definitely a long process and a slow mm -hmm. process and an interesting process to just sort of see how the other person interacts with this and then mm -hmm. and then come up with something together. So that was also sort of our rule, too, was that a song was never done until we both felt good about it. Mostly, I would say that our album has a lot of variety in it, which is pretty cool. So, mm -hmm. And that's something I was going to bring up, because I love giving every band a label, but you know I haven't been able to do that with Mirrors, because yeah. your sound is synth pop, it's indie rock, and sometimes dream pop. Mm -hmm. Right. I think that that's the thing. Uh, I mean, we both have such a musical background. And what I mean by that is like we both like we are lovers of all sorts of music mm -hmm. from tons of different decades and eras. And um, and when we were going into this, we kind of like just decided at the very beginning that like whatever the song needed, the song would get. And, yeah. and that was actually really freeing because I've been a part of projects before where, you know, you work so hard to create something that that works by itself, but that also works in the whole project. And I'd be curious to even like hear your thought on it, but I, I would say that when you listen through, like, did you hear the common threads throughout? Because we feel like th those are still there. You just kind of have to listen a little bit more for them. Um, but yeah, it's very different, our album.
We just heard Sudden and Endless from the self-titled album by Mirrors. Next up, I ask Jake and Hillary why they do what they do, and we get a chance to hear the song Kohalat. With this project, are you coming at this with a purpose? Like, I mean, is there a particular motivation for doing it? Yeah. Yeah, for yeah. sure. There, there most definitely is. So our music, I feel like, kind of stands out in the genre, and I feel like it's for a reason. And it's not to reach maybe, you know, the mainstream. I don't know how to put it into words other than to say I think we'd rather be important to a smaller group of people than come up with something generic that reaches everybody. We want it to be honest and we want it to be genuine. And I feel like our music can maybe get to people that wouldn't always be reached in the Christian genre. You know, if you listen to our our music, there is a thread of faith throughout it. And when we stepped into this, it was really just about being as honest as possible. And so in terms of like our aim, I think our aim was just to write stuff that felt very real and true. And, um, you know, as opposed to like something that is only one side of of a coin or only one angle of something like we approach life from all different angles. Mm And you interact with life from different sort of stages and different places and sometimes joy and sometimes pain. And and, uh, and when we were writing, we really wanted to hit all of that. And it wasn't that like we sat down and we were like, these are the 10 things we want to accomplish. Yeah. It was just sort of like, this is what we're going through. And so we're going to just write from that place as opposed to, I mean, I don't know that lying is the right word, but like we wanted to just be honest. We, it. Yeah, we don't want to filter to make it easily digestible for everybody it's okay that it's not not everybody has to like it I feel like that's one of my favorite things about what we've done is that you know I think it's really honest you know if you're going to be true and you're going to be honest you can't be too concerned about everybody's you know reception of it then you have no intention of trying to evangelize the listener no yeah not at all the intention is just to be honest and real because I think that like people respond to honesty far more than they respond to the other. And so, and what's interesting is like our music has been out for not very long and the people who are responding are all over the place. And that's the coolest thing for us because, and I'm not just talking about like people like where they're at in their life or their journey or their heart or their faith or whatever, but also just like musically people like these people are coming from all sorts of different sides. And that to us is like, truly that's the sweetest part of the whole thing is that, you know, where music is this really cool thing where it has an ability, I think to like bring people together. And sometimes it brings a particular group that is like-minded, you know, together but in this case we're finding that it's bringing multiple groups of people together which is just it's a yeah. really really like humbling and yeah. and cool thing so and it's not exclusive it's inclusive yeah very much so well since you were speaking about people coming at the music from different sides that's also how your music is something that left me sort of puzzled was this dichotomy found on the song Kohalat the song is so bright and happy and the lyrics are dark saying humans toil neath the sun scour under earth and skin captives baited by the dust is it only vapor in the end i get that the lyrics are from ecclesiastes but were you purposeful at having the music and the lyrics being sort of at odds to each other yeah i mean i that's an interesting thing you know that song really 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 took a long time to evolve I don't know uh, your particular uh, background when it comes to music, but so like the cool part of that song for me is in the verses, um, if you're thinking of music in terms of like beats, the song in the verses, like we remove one of the the beats. So the song, this might mean nothing to you, but it's in seven, eight. And so there's like this weird, incomplete sort of urgency musically. There's a tension that exists inside of the sort of happy or you know bright sort of melodic guitar part there is still like an urgency to it and i think that like if you listen to that and then you you know and then you're listening to the lyric it is sort of like 
in there, you know, that piece of sort of tension, which is what we ultimately, I think, in that song wanted to create was that that tension between what we see and perceive versus what is reality. And I think that ultimately that's what that song sort of addresses on some level is is that uh, the repetition of being caught up in something, um, but then under the surface it not quite matching up with with what is seen on the outside. And so that song has also really kind of surprised us, I think, because that song felt to us like a total just like musician's jam song. Mm-hmm. And uh, and that song is actually the response to it has been pretty cool, um, which is neat. And I think it's because of that. I think it's because there's there's the tension within the melody and the lyrics and the uh, the movement and the motion. And so yeah, that's a good catch on the Ecclesiastes thing. You know, not yeah. every, not everybody does that, but yeah, certainly there's a lot a lot in there.
Something we haven't told our listeners is that mirrors isn't spelled the way they think it's spelled. You got to fill us in. Yeah, it might not be as as cool of an answer as people are expecting. <laughs> I think so. The thing is, uh, the mirrors concept or the idea of being mirrors as a name was a really important thing to us. But when we were trying to put the name on paper, if you type mirrors into any platform anywhere, like you're going to get five million yeah. different versions of it. And so we were like, okay, well, you know, we want to be a little bit more unique mm -hmm. than that. And so we spent, oh my goodness, more time than we should have <laughs> to try to figure out like, how do we want to spell it? And something unique, something or... unique, but something that, you know, doesn't feel like we were just trying to be cool kids spelling our name in a different way. And, mm -hmm. and ultimately we landed on the old English version of mirrors, which mm -hmm. is how, how we spell it. M I R O U R S. And mm -hmm. so, uh, and once we got that, we kind of felt like, oh, that feels really, it feels really cool. And even just like the fact that it is an old English way of spelling and that our songs lean back in time a little bit, like it just kind of felt like a good, it felt like fit. a good fit. Yeah. Something else we've also left out is what a great voice you have, Hillary. Oh, thank you. She does. <laughs> now, Jake, does that make you feel second rate? Because you have a good voice, but it's just not the same. <laughs> oh no! I, I I would gladly play Aww. second fiddle uh, to her vocals. She she is uh yeah she I don't even think she gives herself enough credit. She has an amazing voice, and it is like Aww. it's truly like it's very captivating to me. Actually, when we first met, I think the moment that I my heart just like <laughs> felt like exploded in love was she was doing a or a musical, um, and I went and a I heard, Vita. yeah, she was doing a Vita and I went and I heard her sing and I was like, Oh my goodness, <laughs> this girl is, incredible. I was not a Vita. I was the mistress. Wild. Yes, oh my. Very wild. Yeah. <laughs> so no, yeah, she has, she has an incredible voice. Um, Aww. well, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's go back into history a little bit because during the nineties, Christians were into making artistic music in a big way. Yeah. But when that decade ended, it seemed like the art just dried up. Do you think it's changing with bands like Mirrors? You know what? I think that, um, first of all, thank you. That's really kind. Um, I think that there's this sort of underground thing that's happening right now with like, you could call it indie Christian or, or whatnot, but I think that there's this thing happening where for a while, you know, like you said, a decade plus, I think music just became very very polished and um it was written with a certain group in mind and there was an appeal for that you bring up the 90s the 90s just in general you think of like music just like normal music there was like a response in the 90s to the sort of polished pop 80s thing that happened yeah. and i think that with christian music that's happening right now too is there's there's people coming up and rising up that are like well there's a little bit like we're not really hitting all angles of this and you're getting a lot of bands who are, who are doing that, who are writing things that, you know, some would say are highly controversial and, um, mm -hmm. or that others would say, you know, well, maybe that's not necessarily Christian or whatnot. And, you know, because they're, they're labeling it a certain way, but mm -hmm. yeah, it's, uh, it's really cool. And the thing is like, we didn't go like, Oh, we want to be a part of that. That's why we're yeah. writing music. We just, I think felt the same urgency to write something that felt real and, and true. Well, we keep bringing up this label idea. How would you guys label mirrors? What would you call your style? Uh, yeah, that's a good question. I, I think we've sort of landed on, you know, we call ourselves like a, a faith-based indie duo. Mm -hmm. We're not a CCM band. We're, not a, we're mm -hmm. not a corporate worship band. We're, I mean, at our core, we're an indie duo. And we happen to write songs that lean a little bit more into our faith. But at the end of the day, like, I mean, on some level, every honest songwriter does that to a degree, you know, they'll write what is true to them. And so it's really no different for us. It's just that our songs are a little bit wrapped up in something uh, a little bit differently. But yeah, we're an indie duo. I'll accept that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's hard to label it. You, yeah. you know. Yeah. We, we're not too um, tied into being, you know, in a certain box. So I think it's kind of nice to have something a little more open too because an indie can encompass a lot of things <laughs> totally yeah makes it a little bit easier yeah. for us you know i'm hillary and i'm jake and you're listening to mirrors on the antidote in a lake
There's a gorgeous song, which carries the name Since Adam Still. Now, if you're a film buff, you'll understand this part of my talk with Mirrors. Well, let's get back to talking about the album, because it has a song called Interstellar. Mm. Can the two of you explain about your obsession with Matthew McConaughey? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, All right, all right, all right. I did not expect that. (laughs) Oh, that was good. Uh, hey, wait, first of all, Matthew McConaughey is a, quite a gem. Okay, right. we can all acknowledge that. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay, so maybe you don't even care about the movie, but tell us about the song. Part of the lyrics say, In a daze, through the years where the fever reigned, gravity pulled me into the axis. Cast away with the ghosts and the renegades, I swallowed the sun at the end of the madness. Yeah, It sounds as if you have struggles. Uh, well, yeah, I mean, very much so. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the thing about Interstellar was, I mean, at the heart of the song, it is a story, particularly my story of <clears throat> sort of my journey 
toward faith. I grew up like reading, you know, like the Lord of the Rings and the Hobbit and, and all these like tales of like people who were on this like epic journey. And when we were writing Interstellar, I think that like almost immediately the idea was like, I really want to write this song with the imagery of somebody who is on a quest of some sort. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and Interstellar is what sort of was the result of that. It was, you know, it was very much just a song about a journey toward love, but written in a sort of abstract and a, a poetic and storytelling storytelling kind of way. Yeah. So it's, it uses a lot of imagery and, um, and I like that. I, I like songs that, that use imagery and that sort of create a world that we can step into. I think that's a cool thing that music has an ability to do is to kind of take us into another place, but yet connect us still to the heart of the story. And the heart of that story is, is really, like I said, just a journey toward, yeah. toward love. And you can't have a good story if you don't have some sort of struggle. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. You can't leave it out. Right. You've got to be, you got to include it. Yeah. I mean, if you listen throughout the whole thing, there's a lot of, there's a lot of pain lyrics in our music. Um, and it's coupled with joy, but there is a mm-hmm. lot like that's life. You know, mm-hmm. there's, there's both sides of it. And, and that goes back, I think, to, to the honesty part of it. We didn't want to leave anything out. And so it would not have been fair to write Interstellar particularly without the struggle part of it because that was, that was real and true. In a place near the aisles where the I was lost like a ship in the shadow
You know, I think so many of my questions here, I've been beginning with the same statement saying, I'm confused. But <laughs> I do wonder about something on the song 517. There's a pause near the end of the song when you sing, My Fallen Nature is Fallen Down. Was this simply a dramatic effect? Uh, yeah. That was... <laughs> like, uh, we're both live musicians first. Mm-hmm. And um, it's funny because that pause... I knew that it's sort of a no-no to have blank space in music. Like I knew that very much. And actually when we were in the studio, I even with the, with the producer was, was having that same question. Like, do we need to add at least something like a swell or a sound so that there's not dead space? And again, ultimately at the end of the day, we were like, you know what? No, like the song will be what it is. And, and that was like a very sort of live music decision. Um, and the times that we've done it live, it's it's actually been really cool. Like, cause there's this like, there's this <gasps> breath, this anticipation, and then the big hit, and uh, and that's kind of cool. So it was, yeah, it was very much just like a, a live music choice mm-hmm. for us. And what does the title five seventeen reference? Yeah, that is. Well, do you want to take it? No, you take okay, it. Okay. Uh, there's a a verse in uh in scripture, Second Corinthians five seventeen, um that the song was sort of loosely based Mm -hmm. around, you know, we didn't want to call the song fallen nature, which is sort of the hook that we keep singing Mm -hmm. in in the chorus. Um, And we didn't want to call it, you know, second Corinthians five (laughs) seventeen. So we, so we kind of just were a little bit more uh, abstract with the title. It's a nod to it um, without it being overly obvious. So that's it. Thank you. 
517 from the self-titled debut by Mirrors. I've only aired a small part of the album tonight, so do yourself a favor and buy the album to give it a full listen. You'll be hearing some music history next week on The Antidote. During this talk with Mirrors, I brought up the point about how the 90s alternative music scene was so artistic. So that'll be the focus next week, and you'll hear some superior music that came out decades ago. Okay, back to tonight's guest. Mir's new album has a raw and revealing song called The Raven, The Echo. Let's go back to Hillary and Jake to hear about the song, and I'll see you again next week. I want to finish our talk with a thought about this gloriously dark song from Mirrors called The Raven, The Echo. It has the chorus, I'm a raven in the dark. Say something, I need you. I'm an echo underwater. Say something. What if you never hear a thing? Uh, well, I, I mean, I kind of felt like I wasn't at the time that mm-hmm. we wrote that, to be honest with you. Um, that probably for us is the darkest song that we have in terms of lyrically. And uh, it really came out of probably the darkest place that I have been in. Mm-hmm. Um, and I had, you know, really been struggling not just to like hear, but like it was like there was a lot of pain in a particular season that we were going through. And um, we felt sort of like we weren't seen or heard. And we kind of felt like things were dark. And I think that it's easy to go like, well, yeah, just remember, you know, there's light at the end of the tunnel. But like sometimes it really you can know that, but in your head, but it doesn't feel like that at all. And, uh, and that song really is written from that place of just like, I feel totally trapped and I know that there's probably a way out, but it most certainly doesn't even remotely feel like that's true at all right now. And so, Mm -hmm. um, yeah, that song was really difficult to write lyrically. Mm -hmm. Um, and also one that when we wrote it, we knew like, this might be a tough pill for, for other people to swallow, but it was something that we really needed to say. And something that we do say, like there, I mean, in life, that just is true in general, like in any kind of relationship, it's easy to feel isolated and alone. And, and, uh, that song is very much from that place. So you're almost equally speaking to your listener as you are to yourself. So then, you know, this is why I often ask an artist what they want their listeners to get out of the music. What's the story going to be for mirrors? Um, I would say that the the big thing, there's real power in knowing how you feel and knowing that what you feel is okay to feel and that there's something to say in, in those moments. And I think for for mirrors, like we want to encourage people in any walk of life, like we want to just encourage people to to be honest with how they're feeling and to have a voice to say what they need to. And we feel like we've accomplished that in our music and hopefully you know the music gives people a voice in the moments when they don't necessarily know what to say and i think that music has done that for us not our music just like in general music other music has done that for us and so we hope that that is true for mirrors with others you know 
that there's a freedom. Yeah. And I think including things in there like, you know, our hearts when we're broken or when we feel like we're not being heard and just the struggle, the dark parts, including that is important because I heard somebody say this one time, but you can't get wine if you don't crush the grapes. So knowing that the crushing is okay to include in the stories that you're sharing and knowing that you can speak about it and share about it and even record it and keep it forever. Like it's okay to include it and even be thankful for that crushing. Yeah. Well, listen, I really appreciate the two of you coming for this talk and best of luck with the new album. Thank you, Dave. Thank you.